Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome back to the superiors here at Pure Finesse, which are proudly a part of the Pure Finesse Sports <laughs> podcast family. Malcolm, it was a tough one last night for Canadians in the World Junior Championship <laughs> after losing to the United States of America. It seems like every t- in our generation, at least, if it's Canada, USA in the gold medal game, it just doesn't come out Canada's way. No, it doesn't. I can't remember the last time we beat them in the gold medal game. Like, honestly, uh, uh, it is, if there was anyone else but the U.S. who beat us, I wouldn't be this upset. Honestly, I would not be this upset. <laughs> it was the USA, man. Right. And Canada absolutely dominated from start. Well, I shouldn't say start to finish, but until the gold medal game, Mm-hmm. They were unbelievable, unstoppable. Devin Levi's got a couple of records to his name now because of how great he played. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this team was absolutely stacked. Everywhere, everybody looked at it. Only it was amazing. 20 first round picks. Only if, they, couple... if they win gold, do you think that they're top three world junior team of all time? Bobby Mack jinxed them like, oh, if, and I say if. Canada I know, I know. Gold. Like, you know, just set up for failure when that happens. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. And the announcer jinxes in the beginning of the game. My dad was even saying like, oh, they're bringing up like, oh, uh, Canada hasn't let a five, five goal or they've never, they've never trailed in the tournament. What do you know? They start trailing off a five on five goal. <laughs> so and that, oh, we just got unlucky. They got a few lucky bounces. It's a game of inches. Um, and I hate Segrist. Hate him. Yeah, Caulfield, hate him. I don't like Segrist. Caulfield, I'm going to have to like. He's on the no, Canadians. That's why I hate him even more. <laughs> exactly that but we'll stick to the script because sunday is the next slate of the three nfl playoff games the first one on the schedule at 105 eastern standard time is the baltimore ravens going to play the afc south division champion tennessee titans their previous meeting this season was a 30 24 victory for tennessee in overtime miss rister rick Jennerette says Derrick Henry absolutely had a day that day, 133 yards and the overtime winning touchdown against Baltimore. That was a good game. But if you remember last year, you know, Baltimore was supposed to be the Super Bowl favorites, but lost in wild card, or I guess no, because Kansas City had the one seed, but they were right up there mm-hmm. and lost in the wild card round to Tennessee 28 to 12. So Malcolm, a lot of storylines here brewing for this one. Yeah, the first one, and this has been since Lamar's coming into the league, can he get his first playoff win? Because, you know, he's made it to the playoffs. He started uh, his rookie season, made it again last year, didn't come out, like you said. Can he do it again? And he's going to face the same opponents. Uh, he has a time, he has a chance to redeem himself. Uh, it's going to be tough. Honestly, this is, I think this is going to be one of the closest games this weekend. Um, it's going to be one to watch for sure. I don't, I don't think any NFL fan should miss this one. Lamar Jackson's been playing phenomenal this year having over 2,500 passing yards and another 1,000 yard rushing season uh, with like a total of 33 touchdowns, like 26 passing, seven rushing. So he, I think he might be able to get the job done, but it's not going to be easy to go up against Derrick Henry. Yeah, right. Like Lamar is the first quarterback in the history of the National Football League for back-to-back 1,000 yard rushing seasons as a quarterback. Yeah. So I think it's safe to say the man in Kirsten affect Lamar. 
Nope. <laughs> but I, I think a lot of people are like don't see are seeing this season as like a Lamar Jackson caliber season mm-hmm. for whatever reason, right? Because you know he's got putting over a thousand yards. His team's still in the playoffs, second in the division, eleven and five or eleven and five record. It's a good team, I, but I th- a lot oh, of criticism is coming from Lamar Jackson is the way he's distributing the football because I know it was documented earlier on in the year, but his receivers aren't getting as much of the touch as they want. Hollywood Brown made that really clear one week. And I think after that, I think it's been, you know, it's been kind of mellow. You got, you bring in Des Bryant. He's got a couple of touchdowns to his name now, but without a question, the best weapon on this Baltimore offense is the big tight end Mark Andrews, right? No doubt about that. No doubt about that. He he's nasty, man. He's he's like he, anytime they get into the end zone, I feel like you should double coverage. Uh, unless if they if you stop the run against this team and you go third down, like you're on third and goal, it's going to Mark Andrews more or less. He's that big guy that can get the ball. They did get Des Bryant, so he's also a bigger body that you kind of have to watch out for. But Mark Andrews is Lamar's go-to guy, right? And we're going to flip script to Tennessee offensively. And we have a first 2000 yard rusher since I believe Chris Johnson, who happened to be a Tennessee Titan as well. And it's Derrick Henry. He had over 200 yards rushing last week to get the 2000 yard crown. He likes the toy. He likes playing Baltimore for whatever reason, because they had a lot of good weapons up front, but Derrick Henry is going to have to put on their shoulders again, like he did for Tennessee last year in the playoffs. So, He's going to have to carry the load a lot. But Ryan Tannehill, coming off that fresh contract this season, has played very well up to his standards. He's had a couple of huge games. But the emerging star besides Derrick Henry on this Tennessee team, if you wouldn't agree, is A.J. Brown. Or Corey Davis. Pick your poison. Either or, honestly. I like both of them. Um, Corey Davis is a good deep threat. A.J. Brown, though, he's – like Tannehill, he's not like this elite quarterback yet. He can be. He may have the potential to be that way at some point. But with these receivers, he can make a case for that because A.J. Brown's going to make him look amazing. Had over a thousand yards recept, uh, receiving and eleven touchdowns this year. Um, it's just insane. And Corey Davis, just as good, uh, if not better. I think. I don't think there's a solidified number one on this team realistically. I know a lot of people think AJ Brown could be that number one receiver, but I think Corey Davis is also making a case for himself as that number one receiver. Yeah, I can't wait to see these two go at it with Marcus Peters and Marlon Humphrey. Oh my gosh. One and two, one and two going at it. So prediction time. I think who has the most pressure to win? Is it Baltimore or Tennessee? I think, I think it's Baltimore just because they want to get Lamar that playoff win. Um, if you look at Derrick Henry, I saw this stat. If you take away all of his first half carries, he's still fourth in the league in rushing yards, just on second half in the second half alone. Um, so I think that Derrick Henry, I know it's a great defense in Baltimore, but I think Derrick Henry, along with the two receivers, like we just mentioned, um, I think they're going to win. I think Tennessee will win this game, but I think Baltimore has more to lose if they do lose this game. I think so as well. If you can tell me, like Lamar's been in the playoffs every year since he's been in the league. Exactly. He hasn't won a game. Yeah. And I think if they don't win, there's going to be some changes in Baltimore, not at quarterback position for obvious reasons. Yeah. But that head coach might be switching, I think, if they yeah. if they end up losing. But I will be going with the division leader, division winner in Tennessee to win this one. Um, the run game in Tennessee seems to have a really good fit against Baltimore. It's worked multiple times. Yeah, not that I don't think that Baltimore might sell out for the run, but even if they do, you got a bunch of weapons, like you said, AJ Brown, Corey Davis, Jonu Smith is one of the most underrated tight ends in the league. Yeah, 
it's going to be a good fight no matter what. The 440 game next up is can be seen on Nickelodeon, apparently. I've been seeing yeah, like, what the? And yeah, I saw this. If you want to have these games in Nickelodeon, put all the NFC East games on Comedy Central. Oh, really? <laughs> Not too shabby. But it's the Chicago Bears to go play in the Superdome against the New Orleans Saints. The previous meeting this season was a 26-23 victory for the Saints in week six, which wow. happened to be the first game that the Saints played outdoors the full, for the first time in the season. Oh, really? Five games in, you don't play a single game outdoors. That's crazy. NFL has gone soft. Yeah, honestly. Yeah. So Chicago came into this year with two quarterbacks, right? It was Nick Foles and Mitch Trubisky. Trubisky started off, and then Nick Foles kind of carried it away. Uh, they started 5-0, and kind of fell back down to earth, yeah. and they figured it out, and they got themselves back into the playoffs with Mitch Trubisky at the helm so can he show up like he did to win back in the day with a double doink in chicago can he do it uh i think he can he's a very underrated quarterback a lot of people give him a hard time i think you're a big trubisky hater though why am i a big trubisky hater? Uh, it seems like you're that kind of guy you hate, ohio I'm not. hate ohio hate everyone from ohio i don't hate ohio i hate ohio state the oh, university but whatever it's it's this, he's not in ohio state anymore he's in chicago um he did have over 2,000 yards past frozen damn <laughs> there we go we're back there we go oh my gosh he, he, over, he had over 2,000 yards past well now we're gone <laughs> there we go 16 touchdowns oh man I hey, think we're good I think we're good I think What is, what is going on? All right, take 15. Here we yeah. go. <laughs> yeah, I think Trubisky will have the potential to show up this week. He's going to have a tough job, a tough matchup against the Saints defense, obviously. Um, when you have Cameron Jordan coming at you, that's a scary sight to see. Um, he's had over 2,000 yards passing, 16 touchdowns. He can rush the ball a little bit if you need be. Uh, he didn't play the full season, so he doesn't have a, ex like an exceptional um, stat line this year. But I think it's enough right now. They made the playoffs. All they have to do is focus on winning, and it's not going to be easy against New Orleans. Yeah, absolutely not. But the big story for New Orleans is the health of their running backs because Week 17 didn't have a single one on the roster that could play. So they kind of got blessed with the Sunday game. So hopefully they can be able to have one extra day to get everybody back. Cause you need 10 days to be off the COVID-19 reserve list. And the best player on both sides of the ball for both teams, without a question, I think is Alvin Kamara. And I think they, New Orleans eats, sleeps and breathes Kamara. And yeah, no, 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 no. that's all they need for success. Although Mr. Receptions leader of all time, Mike Thomas was, we don't know if he's going to be 100%, but he was put on IR for this exact reason so he can be able to be 100% to be playing in the playoffs. It's going to be a great matchup to see Chicago's D against New Orleans' offense because that's really where it's all going to come down to because I really don't think Chicago's going to be banking on Mitch to be well, winning a whole lot of games with how much gunslinging he's going to be doing. 
he does have a good receiver and a very underrated receiver in Allen Robinson, who had broke the 1,200 yards uh, mark this year with six touchdowns and over 100 receptions. A very underrated, low-key season, under-the-radar season for Robert Robinson. Uh, I don't think he gets enough credit. And obviously, you put him on another team, he might do something even better with a better quarterback, which is ridiculous because he still put up 1,200 passing <laughs> yards exactly. and Trubisky. So watch out for him. And like you said, the running backs for uh, New Orleans – the running back for the Bears has been really good too, David Montgomery. Yeah, Stepping his game up the last couple, at least halfway through the season. Exactly, like he was kind of on a shaky start, and then, like you said, halfway through the season, he started picking up over, yeah, over a thousand yards rushing, uh, almost five hundred yards receiving to put ten total touchdowns together. So that's pretty good. Uh, it's it's going to be a close game, I think. I, like you said, the previous meeting was 26-23 this year. Everyone, I don't think. I think everyone expects, oh, the Saints should blow them out. I don't think it's going to be like that. It's playoffs now. It's wildcard weekend. Anything can happen any given Sunday. Right. And let's say that Chicago does win this game. Is this it for Drew Brees? Uh, I think so. You, I think we talked about it before. Like People were saying, oh, this could be the end of Drew Brees' career. It's expected that he's going to retire at the end of this year. I think he gave it a good run. Um, he won a Super Bowl. He He's trying every year. He's getting – I remember – when they played the, the Rams in that NFC championship and they got that bogus oh. non-call. Uh, he's just been getting unlucky. Can't make it all the way to the Super Bowl. So I think this may be the, his last run. Yeah. I think so too. He's already got lined up to be a broadcaster on NBC. Yeah. So why would you risk breaking 11 more ribs? Exactly. It's insane. But you know what? I don't think this is going to be the last game for Drew Brees because I really think, I think it's going to be a, a good win for New Orleans against Chicago because I think Chicago is just happy to be here at eight, eight and seven. So, I mean, yeah. it's going to be, I think it's gonna be a big win for New Orleans. Yeah, I think so too. But now the showstopper on super Wild Card weekend. Yes, sir. De la resistance. La creme de la creme. Kind of funny. We have the two different colors. We, I have your color here. You have my color there on the mic. Exactly. <laughs> but the boys are hanging up behind me here. It's your eight fifteen. Sunday night football matchup, the Cleveland Browns. Yes, I said it. Cleveland Browns in a playoff game for the first time since me and Malcolm were in diapers in 2002 to take on your AFC North division champion, Pittsburgh Steelers at Heinz Field in Steel City. The first, the previous two meetings this season went as follows in week six. They Steelers absolutely trounced the Browns 38 to seven. And then last week, the Browns clinching their first playoff spot in 18 years with a 24, 22 victory over the Steelers. But the biggest story going into this game has nothing to do with football itself. It just happens to do with the global pandemic we're in. Of course course it does. Kevin Stefanski, the Cleveland Browns head coach has tested positive for COVID-19 yesterday and as well, your Pro Bowl left guard, Joel Petonio, has tested positive for COVID really? as well. So yeah. you're missing a huge piece on that offensive line. And the first-year head coach is turning a lot of heads. Who could be up for coach of the year, in yeah. my mind? Honestly, yeah. Will not be on the sideline. So Unfortunately. it's Yeah, it's a damn shame. But you know what? It's happening for Pittsburgh right now, too, with Joe Hayden and Eric Ebron. They will be out of this game. Yeah. For COVID, if you well. guys can make the return this week with Boswell, Edmonds, 
uh, a couple other names. They might miss Belaine, might come back. So hopefully they come back. Hopefully more Browns players come back. Cause I want this to be the most competitive game. I was going to say, right. This shouldn't be happening in the playoffs. Yeah. That all this is happening right now, but what are you, like, what are you going to do? Right. So we're in a global pandemic. The NFL didn't want to bubble. They're sticking with this. So they get, they get what they're coming. So yeah. The Steelers offense, I think you can agree with me. It has not been looking like the Steelers offense for the first half of the season. What's wrong? Those three games where they lost to the Cincinnati Bengals, the Buffalo Bills, and the football team, they just didn't have their stuff together. And you know... I'm sorry. Did you happen to see sports a couple days ago? No, I did not. I see Palmer blatantly shouted out Redskins. Really? I did not see that. But this is what I wanted to say. First 11 games that Pittsburgh won, guess who they went to a lot? Running backs. Chase Claypool. You know who they didn't go to in those three games that they lost? Chase Claypool. He's a big factor on this team. I know he's a rookie, so and you got other receivers that you want to look to get the ball to because you don't want to just take the ball out of their hands. But you got to get the you got to get the ball into your playmakers. And Chase Claypool is one of those big playmakers on this team, even though he's just a rookie. Um, uh, they got their stuff done against Indianapolis in the second half of that game. First half did not look good. Second half they kind of picked up, came back and won that game. Huge comeback. Uh, and then they couldn't get it against the Browns, had their backups in, still couldn't get their stuff going, though. They need to they, they need to get their run game. And we've been saying this. Everyone's been saying this. They need to get their run game going. James Conner needs to pick up the slack that Benny Snell and uh, Anthony McFarlane couldn't, couldn't do. Those guys can't get this job done. They're not uh, like you're they're not your uh, workhorse running backs. James Conner is you can't have Ben throwing the ball 50 times in a game. Uh, he's old. He has those elbow issues. He has those knee issues. You can't be doing that. So they need to find something to do with this offense. And I think the way to do that is get the balls in your receiver's hands. Juju Johnson, Claypool. Yeah, like the offense has been very, very one-dimensional the last last month or so. Because really, they haven't. I can't remember last time a receiver or a receiver, a running back, rushed for over 100 yards. No, can't remember. In the Pittsburgh Colors, right? So that is going to be a huge game. If they can figure out any way to get the run going, which is pretty easy against Cleveland, let's tell you the truth. But yeah. uh, they stopped them on week 17 last week with James Conner in, so yeah. they can yeah. figure that out, right? I don't know. But you're talking about Claypool. Like, I'm sure a whole lot of people in the first half or first month of the season had no idea how good Chase Claypool was going to be. Oh. So they're game planning for him, right? So, I mean, he's not going to have the huge numbers that he did the first half or the first four weeks like he did. Yeah. So, right? Like, you're putting your top corner against Chase Claypool. Yeah, but and, Come and, on. You still have, and you still have those other receivers who can make big plays. Not even Juju and Johnson, even James Washington. I think he's uh, Big Ben's go-to guy in clutch situations because he has great hands. Johnson, you know, 13 drops this season. And it's just, it's ridiculous, but he's picked it up. He's been practicing. He doesn't want to be like the detriment to the team and be the reason they lose. And I hope something like last year, two years ago, was it? Uh, yeah, two years ago where Juju fumbled the ball in a game or something. I hope something like that doesn't happen. So you got to hold on to the ball. But honestly, like, I don't think this there's offense is going to be worse than this game. It's going to be that defense out there in Pittsburgh, right? So what it's going to come down to is if the Browns can just get anything against the Steelers defense. And, you know, a lot of people don't talk about this because everyone's just really hyped over there in Cleveland that they're in the playoffs. But there's a ton of fresh faces to play off football on that Cleveland side, right? All yeah. your big stars, this is their first game. Baker, awesome. Chubb, Jarvis, Miles Garrett, Denzel Ward, 
basically yeah. all your offensive line minus Jack Conklin. This is their first playoff game. The only guy that really has any taste of playoff football is Kareem Hunt. And that's really it. That's that's true. I didn't even think everybody about else is this is new to them. And you know what? If there's no fans in Pittsburgh, that plays to Cleveland's advantage because you know what? It's a damn shame that there's no fans because that is the best part of playoff football. I know. So I think it vo- it helps Cleveland's favor that there's no fans in Pittsburgh, but it's still going to be one hell of a chance. It's going to take a really, really good Cleveland game to win against Pittsburgh this week. And my boy, Bake Daddy-O, Baker Mayfield, is going to have to be playing Heisman caliber football to win in Pittsburgh. So, Malcolm... Let's hear the obvious. Who's winning this matchup? Well, I think what it's going to come down to is, I, you mentioned it, Chubb and Hunt, best running back duo in the league. I can't even lie about that. They put up phenomenal. Uh, they put up, Hunt's put up close to, no, he put up over 1,100 yards completely, rushing and receiving. All purpose, yes. All purpose yards. And Chubb put up over 1,000 rushing, just let alone. And then combined, they have, what, 23 touchdowns combined? So I think it's going to be those two against Watt and Hayward. That's going to be the game. Can they get those guys? Can they stop those guys? Um, and I think Watt and Hayward can. So obviously, like, there's no doubt who I think is going to win. But it's playoff football. It's not going to be a blowout win. It's going to be a close game. Unless Pittsburgh, if Pittsburgh can get their offense together and they look like they did at the start of the season, this is going to be a blowout win. But I really don't expect that to happen right now. Well, the TJ Watts could probably have a, he had a field day in week six when he went up against the Rook. Jedrick yeah. Wills had a wasn't even a fair contest, so I'm sure Jedrick Wills is going to be able to come with a bit more force than he did in Week Six. But defense, should be Defensive Player of the Year. T.J. Watt is definitely going to have a couple sacks for sure. But who, who am I saying? I can't go against the boys in yeah, the honestly. in the stripes. So Cleveland will be winning in Pittsburgh. First win since 1994. Thank you very much. I'll take my check on Thursday. So that is it for playoff. Super wild card weekend, Saturday and Sunday. I can't wait to see some playoff football. And we'll be back soon with the national championship preview. Who knows if it's going to be played on Monday? Who knows? Maybe postponed a week. Who knows? Like, seriously. Like, go. But you know what? If we see some football, it's going to be a good day anyway. So until then, it's Jacob. I'm calm.